Welcome once again to Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host this time around once more. Just recently, I read a news headline that really opened my eyes. I mean, it just changed everything. When I read it, it was like so many pieces of things that I up to this point didn't understand just fell into place, and it was just perfect. Are you ready? And yes, this is real. The headline read this. Mick Jagger got satisfaction from an Austin taco truck. Yes, apparently the lead singer of the Rolling Stones was hungry. He saw a taco truck, he bought a taco, and he ate that taco. Now you're thinking, Chris, you're being facetious about this being eye-opening. And yes, of course, I totally am. But only to a point. It was eye-opening. How? This was a news headline. With everything going on and not going on in this world, This was the headline on my computer for me to click on that day. Anyway, it got me thinking, and that sent me down the road of examining the psychology of celebrity culture, which is the theme of this episode. So I looked for some more priceless news stories of a similar nature. It was not hard to do. Here's a couple. Coronavirus new variant alerts. The crazy weather patterns? Nope, didn't see those, but I did see this one. Serena Williams is being slammed for her eyebrows. Or what about this one? Soldiers returning home? Heroism displayed by firefighters? Nope, didn't see those, but I did see this. Beyonce reportedly got her hair stuck in a soul cycle bike while working out. <laughs> That's real. All right, one more. The announcement of, say, Teacher of the Year? Nope, didn't see that. But I did see this, and I'm going to quote it to you. Quote, Please stop pretending Pete Davidson isn't hot. End quote. So, you know, there's that. The fact is, if these weren't clicked on, they wouldn't be there. They are there because people click on them. Because they're interesting. So our question here is, why? Well, Psychology Today in various articles tackled this for us. Let's see. Well, one reads that we love celebrities because they're an important part of our culture. They've made it in the worldview that we're so entrenched in. By worshiping them, even to an extent 
we feel as if we're participating in this hugely important cause or belief system. And that makes us feel all warm and fuzzy, like our life really matters. Another says that celebrities are fascinating because they live in a parallel universe, one that looks and feels just like ours, yet is light years beyond our reach. Stars will cry to Diane Sawyer about their problems, their, their, their failed marriages, their hard scrabble upbringings, bad career decisions, and we can relate. The paparazzi, they catch them in wet hair, in a stained t-shirt, and we are thrilled. They're ordinary folks, just like us, and yet stars live in another world entirely, one that makes our lives seem woefully dull by comparison. I love this thought too. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, John Lennon infuriated the faithful when he said the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. But he wasn't the first to suggest that celebrity culture was taking the place of religion. With its myths, its rituals, for example, the red carpet walk, the Super Bowl ring, the handprints outside the Chinese theater. It also has an ability to immortalize. It fills a similar cultural niche for people. In a secular society, our need for ritualized idol worship can be displaced onto stars. Non-religious people tend to be more interested in celebrity culture. For them, celebrity fills some of the same roles that the church fills for some of their believers. It notes, too, that, quote, celebrities have their aura, a debased version of charisma that stems from their all-powerful and captivating presence. Let's break this down. Pop culture is all over this. <laughs> Pop culture is this. In fact, sometimes it pulls a kind of a, a mirrored party trick with this one, often having celebrities as characters crushing on other celebrities who play themselves. Did that make sense? Let me give you an example. Remember when Marsha Brady went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over Desi Arnaz Jr.? Or like when Florence on the Jefferson stood in the same room with Billy D. Williams while at the same time levitating in the clouds? Or are they just plain starstruck, like when Adrian Monk met Willie Nelson? Or on the very best thing that has ever happened on television ever since there was a television, when Raj, Dwayne, and Rerun on What's Happening lost their minds because they got to meet the Doobie Brothers. By the way, I'm being dead serious here. That is the best thing. If you've read any of my books or blogs or whatever from the past, you'll know I'm not kidding. That is the best thing that has ever been on television. Listen, intellectual and challenging art is wonderful when it makes us think and feel differently than we did before being exposed to it. But sometimes I don't want that. Honestly, sometimes I simply don't want to be challenged by artistic mediums. I just want to go with them. 
these are the times when Louie Louie by the Kingsman is like the perfect song. Yeah, one might not understand a word of Louie Louie, but that doesn't matter. It still works beautifully. Every episode of Gilligan's Island is kind enough to lovingly explain how the people got on the island and who they are right in the theme song. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to ret retain anything. It's going to tell you. No thought required. It is simply 20-something beautiful minutes of fun. And why not? It dawned on me. You could probably turn the sound all the way down on your television during Gilligan's Island and still easily discern the plot. Imagine if you did that and turned on Louie Louie at the same time. It would be a joy fest. And I bet you it would sort of make sense. See, life is filled with things that we can sink our intellectual teeth into, as well as enough drama to go around. We need breaks from this stuff. And sometimes you just want some fun. You don't have to think. Anyway, back to topic. We got to go. I said we got to go. I said we got to go now. Let's hustle on out of here. Let's go. Sometimes we are also obsessed with celebrities because they come across as crazy enough to, 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 to make we ourselves feel sane. Their choices can matter to us too. We are so intrigued by them. Sometimes this means that someone actually puts boundaries on themselves to become better. This may mean being viewed as a sellout or not living up to another's idea of perceived hype, but it's still very, say, punk rock. I especially love this when this kind of thing comes from people and places that are totally and quickly brushed aside by elitists and musical know-it-alls. Like, here's a perfect example. Bill Wyman. I don't know how he feels about tacos like his friend Mick Jagger. But Bill Wyman, as we know, was the original bassist for the Rolling Stones. Now, as far as I'm concerned, his bass lines and contributions to that rhythm section were a huge part of the band's sound on their best work from 1962 until 1993. This man quitting the Rolling Stones was one thing. I mean, it's a cash cow but he has continuously toured for years afterwards with his band, The Rhythm Kings, who you probably have never heard of since. So he didn't quit the Stones to stop playing music and relax and spend his money. He kept playing other music in a band you probably never heard of. Think about it. The Rolling Stones could have continued to be his ATM machine down to this day, but he stopped because he didn't want to do it anymore. I'm sorry, but no matter how you view that guy or how you view the Rolling Stones, that is a punk rock move. Recognizing boundaries can be as empowering and liberating as breaking boundaries can be. You know, you may not look as cool doing that, but ultimately, who cares? See, we need a degree of stability to function at maximum levels. If a baby faces a gate 
that prevents it from falling down the stairs, is that child being cheated out of something or is it being protected from its own ignorance of the potential consequences? I ask this because oftentimes rock stars, especially in the past, get encouraged to act stupidly. It's as though the feeling is essentially that the baby busting through that gate and falling down those stairs and hurting itself makes the baby cool. Tragic events become glamorized as somehow becoming good things. One becomes legendary for the more unsafe, insane, and self-inflicted hurtful acts that they commit against themselves. Maybe it's a realization based on my age, but at this point, I think I honestly have more respect and awe for artists that don't have to do anything to prove anything to anyone via an image, especially a self-destructive one to anyone. Having an image, that's fine, but their art is good enough. And those who get it, love it, without having to see them either dead or in a rehab. I am no expert on fame and what it does to other people, nor am I being judgmental toward anybody. It's just that I'm kind of overseeing people who, who feel they have to sacrifice themselves abusively for the entertainment of other people. But so many people are drawn to all of this that that in itself is a business, and that's the fire that often fuels celebrity culture. Now, I'm on both sides of the fence from time to time. I'm not going to lie. I read The Dark Stuff by Nick Kent as a kid, and the whole Hollywood Babylon thing is completely appealing to me. I'm, I, of course it is. But I will say this. Having interviewed many, many people from television movies, and overwhelmingly so, of course, those that live in my record collection, my favorite thing is when the facade comes down and I am just with another person, and that happens. Yes, they mostly look way cooler and more attractive than I do, but when we connected, which happened most of the time, two people connected, not one person in a celebrity, Two living, breathing, hurting, happy, introspective, creative, and individual people were just talking to each other. Maybe that's a good thing for us to remember. One last example. I'm going to say a name, and you're going to react. Let's see what happens, okay? Kardashian. How does that name make you feel? Some people hear that name and they're awestruck. Some don't care. But many others immediately are in full hate mode just at hearing the name Kardashian. Here's my question to you if you're one of those people. Have you ever met them? Any of them? Have you ever talked to them? Have you ever had a simple conversation with them or maybe they chuckled at your wordplay? You ever made eye contact with each other, with one of them? See, when asked if I like the Kardashians, for example, my answer is simple. I don't know them. I've never met them. Take the TV show, 
the tabloids, the money, and the celebrity factors away, and they are another family that is on this earth. Shoot, the high schools that Kim Kardashian and that I attended really weren't that terribly far from one another. So my answer, it's simple. I don't know if I like them. I don't know them. The flip side, there's not one person in that family that dictates my taste in anything. I don't even know what their taste in anything honestly is. When people are called influencers, the word influencer doesn't apply here in my world on any level whatsoever. They don't influence me. So there's a balance. So, okay, headlines are designed for us to read or these days to click on. I get it. If you read them, that's your business. And they are appetizing by design. So I understand. But my takeaway here would be to be very careful who your true influencers are. Imitate people worth influencing to you. Good, solid people, whoever those might be. And to close, think of all of it in this respect. Both condemning or worshiping humans you don't know personally is not fair or smart in either direction. We once again have arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to fill your proverbial cup with some musical love. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast-celebrity culture playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher podcast dash celebrity culture let's get into it this is a really good one by the way track number one noticeable one by missing persons the record this is on called spring session m i honestly believe is one of my top 10 albums of the 1980s it's very new wave which i like but the musicianship is just through the roof especially Terry Bazio on drums. Number two, the B-52s with the song Hero Worship from another similarly killer 80s record. It was the B-52s debut album. I was able to interview their touring keyboardist a, numbers, a number of years ago, and that was really nice. Number three, the song is called Pacific Palisades by the band Ash. Number four is Hole with the song Celebrity Skin. Number five, The Carpenters with Superstar. I almost did the Sonic Youth one because I honest, honestly, honestly love that one. But this one just felt so much better this time when I listened to it in its purest state. And it just fit in on, on this list better. So we went with the Carpenters version. Number six, Photograph by Def Leppard. Their guitarist, Phil Collin, was nice enough to grant me an interview a few years ago, too, and I still appreciate that. Number seven, a perfect lyrical take on everything that we're talking about in this episode. The song is called Cult of Personality by Living Color. I had met two members of that band 
Vernon Reed, their guitar player, and their bassist, uh, Doug Wimbish, was nice enough to let me interview him as well. Number eight, Adam Ant with Room at the Top. Number nine, The Monkees with Star Collector. I had a really fun interview with Mickey Dolans of The Monkees. He was a really nice guy. You'd think that he would be, and he comes across as truly being as he portrays himself. He was a fun interview. And number 10, David Bowie from his Young Americans record with the song Fame. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast Celebrity Culture. I'm going to do this again because, again, I've been asked if you'd like to read some of my interview books, or for that matter, any of my books, they're out there on the interweb at a website called lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. Just go to that website, type in Christopher Levine, and there you have it. Just a heads up regarding the interview books. My volume one book is the Alt-Rock Innovators. It's all Alt-Rock people. It has my interviews with bands and people in bands like the Ramones, the Stooges, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, X, the Patti Smith Group, people of that nature. Volume two is called The Modern Rockers, New Waivers, and Reggae Greats. And that has my interviews with members of the Specials, uh, ABC, Stray Cats, English Beat, Echo and the Bunny Men, just to name a few. Number three is the blues, rock and hip hop. That includes interviews with Chuck D from Public Enemy, uh, members of Guns N' Roses, Journey, Def Leppard, as we mentioned, and Run DMC, and a whole bunch more. And volume four is the soul, the jazz, and the funky, including interview pieces with members of the Supremes, Sly and the Family Stone, Parliament Funkadelic, just to name a few. There's also a volume five called Sharing Found Treasures, as well as the original Eclectoblogs book, a short story called The Definitive Manifesto of Carlos Jones, as well as my other book, Can't Sit Still, Why Your Favorite Bands and Singers Sometimes Alienate You as a Poor, Confused Listener. So if you're looking for something to relax and read and have fun with that's not going to change your life but it's kind of a cool thing to do you can check those books out just go to lulu.com and type in christopher levine this show would simply not exist without you if you could all do me a favor please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends also if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. We have those that do it, and you guys are great. Thank you so much. If you'd like to add yourself to that list, that would be so helpful. But whether you do or whether you don't, just feel free to listen and enjoy this program either way, anytime. You know, it's been a while since I've shouted out to our friends at the Managing Expectations podcast. You should check that out. It's smart. 
It's funny. It's very cool. Give them a listen on Spotify and most other podcast platforms. That's Jeff and Brian over at the Managing Expectations podcast. It's one of those rare places where you'll both laugh and probably learn something. So check them out. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive, and the song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.